Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Welcome to On Patrol with the PPD. I'm Lieutenant Gary Traversa filling in for Chief Wynn, who is out uh, taking part in a DARE graduation uh, this morning. Um, it is Friday, December 17th, and, um, well, my top of the hour uh, um, call out here. You are listening to 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Let's get a check of the weather here. Berkshire Weather. Here is your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, December 17th. Greetings. Today, mostly sunny and breezy with a high of 46. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 29. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 33 with a wintry mix all day. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Jacob, and we hope you have an amazing day, too. Um, so today uh, we switched it up a little bit, a uh, little musical chairs. Uh, Gary Munn, IT uh, All-Star, is... Work on the board. Morning, Gear. Morning. And uh, our guest for today, uh, traffic unit leader, Sergeant Mark Madalena, is uh, sitting in the, the seat next to me. Morning, Sarge. Morning, sir. We uh, have a couple of news items I just wanted to cover before uh, we got into everything traffic. A um, couple of things that were in the paper this week, you know, more uh immediate the last uh, 24 hours um viral school threats that have been circulated uh via TikTok and um have been concerning for you know really nationwide um and it reared its ugly head here locally as well um again you know originated on TikTok and you know like social media does it goes viral um, there's really not necessarily any um, anything specific, you know, other than it was kind of naming today as uh, you know a, a day that you know something was going to happen in a school. So uh, police school administrators were were scrambling yesterday to chase this down, and you know, it, as it turned out, it was you know other school districts around the nation were dealing with, with the same thing, same TikTok uh, from you know, what we're learning. And, um, you know, parents, schools, obviously um, concerned about it, um, investigations. And, you know, in this day and age where we, um, we do chase down, you know, even the smallest threat um, to, to the schools. And, um, you know, this is one of those things where, uh, social media, it can kind of take advantage of that reaction, and um, you know it, it causes some disruption. But uh, again, thankfully, it, it has um, been uncovered that it was um, you know a kind of arbitrary TikTok posts um, that you know were perceived to be relevant to you know everybody's locale and then you know it, it comes out that you know everybody's dealing with it so it it turns into you know this is something that was all from the a similar source and then there's you know um you know reactions to it are different and you know especially when you're dealing with with students um that, that are learning how to you know navigate social media and whatnot and um Sometimes we deal with little issues that, that it, as a result of their reactions, and um, it, it's really something where <laughs> I don't think there's a course for social media, um, and I, I don't, you know, there's, there's no necessarily, uh, 
you know, textbook for it. It's everybody kind of learns as they go. Um, it's one of those things where, and I, I know school districts, you know, at one point, uh, the DA's office, I'm not aware that they're still doing it, but there was, you know, internet safety, um, but, you know, social media um, awareness and safety. Um, this is one of the thing, those things where it's, and I'm, I'm, I know they do it in the school, maybe not necessarily structured, but um, it it, uh, it definitely would uh, would warrant kind of more conversation on on what else can be done, or you know, to step that up. Um, it's you know, if I could just interrupt, I mean, my wife works in the school district down in South County, and it's it's frustrating, it's overwhelming for administrators and for staff and schools to deal with these types of things and, and um, not just the threats, but also, as you referred to before, with some of these social media platforms, whether it's TikTok or Yik Yak or Facebook or, or Twitter, what have you. I mean, the platforms that these have become in regards to cyberbullying within the schools, um, you know, it becomes an issue for these schools in regards to where's the cutoff, where where is it a school problem and where is it not, not a school issue anymore. You know, when it becomes a bullying outside of the school, but yet it's on social media and it it, it rolls into the schools, it's I, I can't imagine the, the frustration that that uh, our school districts are dealing with in regards to dealing with these types of issues. And, and again, you know, I have two kids as well, two little kids that are growing up in the school system, and I feel bad for them, and, I, and I'm getting nervous for them. Um, you know, it's not while there's a lot of positives to social media. Obviously, as we all see as parents, in particular, there's a lot of negatives to social media. It's, you know, it's one of those things where you wish uh, you had to be 21 to do this, like like drinking alcohol. You, you just wish that that was the case, but it's not the case, and it's here to stay. It's here. It's here with us. Um, but as parents and as school officials, I don't know how you navigate this at this point. You know, you, you mentioned that that you, you wish you could be. You know, there was an age cutoff, but that that really not not necessarily would resolve issues because there are plenty of adults that have issues with it or have had issues and and some you know very well intentioned it just goes bad you know it's i think it's a learning curve for everybody and and to it to a certain extent um i I mean probably the only (laughs) safe thing is don't don't get in don't don't have a a social media account but like you said there's there's so many good things that can uh you know come out of it and and you know businesses and you know marketing and publicity and and reconnecting with old friends but uh, it's th- there's no easy answer um but I, I can tell you this uh as a parent that I, I think the best thing to do is just to keep a close eye on what your kids are doing um you know especially when they're younger um and kind of guide them along the way um because you know once they they get into high school or or, you know out of high school turn 18 college or whatever they're kind of on their own so those you know those formative years those are the years to kind of teach them responsibility with with social media too and you know i i don't have all the answers i don't think a lot of parents do have all the answers so it's Everybody's kind of figuring it out as they go. It is. It's just another difficult uh, seat to navigate for these kids who are already having a hard time as it is, especially these last couple of years. Uh, to, you know, unfortunately, have to be faced with this type of stuff. But, yeah. But you know, like I said, you know, it, it's hurtful for parents to to have to watch their kids go through these types of things and not necessarily have anything that they can shield them from it. Um, yeah. Outside of, like you said, you know. Walking that fine line between being a helicopter parent and not being a helicopter parent and giving them freedom to do the things that they want to do, but at the same time, watching over them so close that, you know, these things hopefully don't affect them, but I don't know. Knock on wood, hopefully, uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully things go okay. But yeah. If, you know, if you're, I mean, just know your 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 kid's uh, access codes, be able to get in their phone, you know, I'm sure... Like you said, you don't want to be a helicopter parent, but it, it, I think depending on their age and their mentality and, you know, you, you know your own kid, you really keep an eye on what they're doing online um, because it, it's, um, they're out there. They're out there for sure. So um, hopefully uh, 
you know, everybody gets uh, through the day with with not having to deal with with more of the, you know, the um, kind of residual effects of this. But it's, uh, you know, just uh, be aware that you know that as far as locally, the threats originated somewhere else. Um, they have not been determined to be credible at all. Um, you know, here in Pittsfield, the, the school resource officers were right on top of it. Uh, I was, you know, involved in some some emails and phone calls yesterday where they were tracking it down, and and it's you know it takes uh, a little bit of well, I should I should say a lot of effort to do that, but um, given the um, you know the stakes here, that's that's our only option um, for for us and, and school administrators and parents to work together to to track it down. So. Um, enough of that um there was a robbery over the weekend um that was highlighted in a paper of i think it was probably monday or tuesday um you were on the call sarge i was Uh, i'll uh kind of go run through it a little bit um we had uh i had talked with uh your brother lieutenant mike madeline a little bit um about uh what we're going to do for a a media release uh and we didn't end up doing anything before it was um highlighted in the paper um but i I, one of the reasons i wanted to that we initially talked about doing a release and you know i just i didn't get to it had a (laughs) busy start to the week was just highlighting the good work of everybody involved so the uh you know call started out um where uh, our dispatch got a call from a, a, an alert um, citizen that they were were witnessing, um, you know, a robbery through the the open glass of Five Below, and they, you know, based on the movements of the people in the store, they were very concerned about what was going on. Did the the right thing? Quickly called dispatch. Dispatch was right on top of it in terms of, you know, they started giving out information to uh, responding officers while still on the phone with the caller. And, you know, the the dispatchers in there, um, I wasn't there, but um, from all accounts, we're working great together to get that information out quickly. Um, We had units on scene very quickly, and the first responding officer actually um observed based on the good description that the witness gave and then was relayed by the dispatchers you know had had good um suspect information and ended up uh stopping a car coming out of the parking lot of the uh the shopping center at berkshire crossing uh he uh the 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 responding officer uh with the help of um backup officers uh conducted what we call a high-risk stop um so they got the, the people out of the car one by one and um the suspect uh ended up after a, a bit of an investigation and figuring out the stories they were arrested um as it turns out uh it, the the driver of the car was basically um you know provided a a story um, from the suspect, um, and you know, in in the effort of trying to help that person, um, they actually got caught in the middle of this. Um, but it, as it turns out, because of you know the the great work all around from you know the the witness right through to the responding officers, um, no harm came to that person, and. Uh, like I said, the suspect was arrested, and you know the they were assisted by um, you know p- obviously patrol uh, took the initial call, um, and uh, detective bureau got involved. Crime scene uh, did some work, um, and it, it resulted in some initial charges, and there may be additional pending charges. Um, but it was a it was a great quick grab to get. You know, somebody that was is dangerous off the street, and uh, you know, get them uh, 
get them some help uh, at this point. Um, you know, I think it was in the paper that they, they did uh, hold pending a dangerousness hearing after the first of the year. So anything that I missed, any highlights? It was uh, one of those calls where things fell into place quickly. Um, the fact that that citizen was cognizant enough to recognize what she was looking at and mm -hmm. to make that phone call. And then not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, she also stayed back and continued to make observations. When the suspect left the store uh, and then ended up getting into this other vehicle in an attempt to leave, she then followed the vehicle. And as officers were making their way, um, she was able to signal the oncoming patrol in regards to which car she was in. That's how the officers ended up stopping the car. And it shout out to Mass State Police. They had two officers, and I apologize, I don't remember their names, uh, two troopers that were on scene as well, um, along with Officer Anthony Dayton that were at the entrance to stop the vehicle. Uh, and they attempted a high-risk motor vehicle stop. Um, the suspect did attempt to flee out the passenger door, and they were able to, to uh, apprehend her uh, at that point. Um, but it's just, it, it couldn't... Un it couldn't have happened any better, I guess, as far as the apprehension part of it goes. I and mean, we wish it didn't happen, period. Um, but again, the fact that she was able to, to recognize what she was looking at and she just systematically was a great witness in regards to how she just went about the whole thing and you know, followed her and recognized her and, and flagged officers down. And you know, normally in a situation like that, you don't get the phone call until after the, the suspect has already left the area. Um, but it, it's, it worked out well. I, I, you know, kudos to everybody involved in regards to that. If we didn't already get that witness a challenge coin, we owe her one. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely. Um, so, again, just uh, great work. We just wanted to highlight that and, and the fact that it was a great, um, you know, obviously great observation, but a great team effort from, you know, dispatch to patrol to uh, the detective unit, investigators. Um, I think some of the, uh, the drug investigators were involved as well. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, state police. Um, so again, um, you're listening to On Patrol on WTBR, 98.7 FM, or 89.7 FM, geez. Um, First day? Yeah, how about it? See what happens when I take over the mic? <laughs> the, uh, the third um, news item that I want to um, highlight and, and, you know, I run through what we're doing here because I want to say again that we're here with Sergeant Mark Madalena of the traffic unit. This third item is kind of, uh, you know, rolls into his territory, um, snowmobiles. Uh, there was a um, an effort this week. Uh, city Council ended up on voting to align one of our city ordinances with state law, which, you know, it... it it's more symbolic because we can still, you know, enforce under the state law. But uh, I guess there was a little difference in terms of the, you know, how, how far you can operate a snowmobile from somebody's house. Um, but there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about snowmobiles. And, you know, I, this originated because I, I believe there was some complaints about snow, snowmobiles, um, you know, too close to a house or too late at night and this is something i know a bit about because i have a snowmobile going through my property and um you know i i can talk a little bit about that and kind of my experience with it but um i guess my my first thing i want to do is, is highlight kind of some of the challenges and you know what it what it takes to enforce you know the the rules of the trail I mean, you know first and foremost you have to be on the trail um or at least at the entrance and uh you know we we don't have snowmobiles here at the pittsfield pd um so in in most instances we defer enforcement of this to uh the environmental police who do have snowmobiles um but in any event the you know the complaints that, uh, you know, the snowmobiles are, are too loud, they're too late. So many trails go over private property. The, the snowmobile clubs, you know, all over the county, um, they, they depend on, you know, private landowners uh, to allow them access to, um, you know, 
basically um, create access bet- between their trails. They have trails in the state forest. They have trails, you know, in a lot of the public areas. But in order to, um, you know, connect those trails, uh, they need the cooperation of landowners. And if you don't have the cooperation of a landowner, they're, um, it, they're, any snowmobile traffic on those properties is essentially trespassing. And this is kind of what I was dealing with, you know, going back about 20 years. After I had first bought the house, uh, there had been a trail a little bit further down the road, which uh, got shut down um, due to some uh, construction construction and um, some development. And so it, it kind of ended up more up on my property was, was kind of like the... Uh, the next path of least resistance between trails and the uh you know we, we noticed we would notice a couple of snowmobiles here and there the first couple of years and then all of a sudden one year we had a good good snow cover it was a good year um you know i don't know maybe the economy was good a lot of people had snowmobiles and uh it was like a highway um a, a, a real high amount of traffic and we, over over those first couple of years, I had been approached a couple of times by uh, members of, of Berkshire Snowseekers of the Snowmobile Club wanting to to get the trail going, and I had at the time young kids, and the the unsanctioned traffic that was going through the property was it was loud, it was late at night, and you know in in some cases it was. You know, waking the kids up, or I was afraid it was going to wake the kids up, um, and I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to deal with it. So, you know, I, I I didn't allow. I told them no. I you know I don't I don't want to do that. So, you know, again, as I described, there was one year where where there was a lot of traffic, and um, I kind of had a, a, a second, you know, thought about that, and I my thought was okay. I don't want the traffic at night you know but i don't mind it during the day you know it this is the berkshires it's it's a great winter sport um maybe if i talk to the snowmobile club work with them they'll help police it and and help me with you know restricting it at night so what we ended up doing is is i you know took quite a bit of effort on my part i had i put up a fence and I put a gate in for snowmobile traffic. I um, met with the club, met with uh, some other neighbors of mine who are also impacted. Everybody agreed that you know we would allow this um, during certain times, and the club started opening and closing the gate. That kind of morphed into over the years a an automatic gate. Um, but this, the the club was really great to work with, and I. It really cleaned up the, um, you know, the the illicit traffic um, because the club really is about, um, you know, they're about the sport and, you know, doing things right. And what, what in, in a sense, what I was doing by saying nobody could be there, you know, the club, they were, or, or people that, that are members of the club, they, they would say, okay, then we're not going to go. But the people who, you know, kind of abuse it and don't care, they were there. So I was in a, it was almost like I was only getting the people that were, weren't supposed to be there or I didn't want there because they were disrespectful or it was late at night. So by shutting the club out, I was shutting out the, the responsible operators. So um, by allowing the club in, uh, I, it, it really has worked well. Um, they they're like I said they're great to work with they kind of police um, who's not who shouldn't be there who's uh, doesn't have passes um, and and not that they enforce law or anything but it's you know just kind of like rider to rider they um, provide information you know they educate those who aren't in the club because really as a like any club it's they're better off having more members so. If somebody doesn't have a pass or isn't a part of the club, they, they talk to them about it. Um, but it, uh, 
you know, we, we have had hiccups over the years in that, you, you know, you have people kind of shoving their way through the gate or sneaking under the fence. And, you know, that that takes a little effort, but it's it's not something that is very easily enforceable by, you know, law enforcement. It's it, it does take some effort um, to, you know, kind of keep an eye on the, the trail, the gate, the, the access and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't have a lot of details on what precipitated the the latest conversation with the, you know, that resulted in this vote with the city council. But, um, you know, working with the club uh, was helpful. I think you know, obviously, expectations have to be realistic. Um, you know, you're, you're there is going to be some, um, you know, monitoring and um, and regular communication with the club to to uh you know make it it pleasant for everybody um but it is it is workable um you know it it may take some technology you know trail cams um signage uh whatnot but uh you know i i i hope that whatever the 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 issue was that it it, you know it it can move forward in in a positive direction um you know both for the the people who live wherever the problem is and um and for the the club because uh you know this is the berkshires and it's a great sport out there and um i I love seeing people come through you know families during the day um you know and it's it's really the 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 sleds nowadays they used to be really and some of them still are but they used to be really loud some of the newer sleds are a lot quieter and it's a little more a little more uh um feasible but what's your what's your take sarge on the that whole issue with the snowmobiles well the best deterrent against uh, the snowmobiles going through the yard is what's going on right now which is no snow yeah <laughs> uh, so that's kind of this is true um it, is, it usually is a short season yeah and it's you know like last year was a, a longer season because we had a bit of snow so that's my guess is that's why this is coming up in december you know this is it the same situation we run through in the spring and summer, which we've had all, uh, you know, all year long this year? With we're talking about snowmobiles now in wintertime, but during the spring and summertime, it was the uh, ATVs and the dirt bikes and you know, all that stuff going up and down the streets, and it just carries over. I'm not saying it's the same people, but it's the same mentality. Yeah, where they're going out there and and uh, just riding where they want to ride. Um, the majority of them know what they're doing is wrong, and they just don't care. Um, you know. City ordinances are great, um, but like you said before, they're difficult to enforce. Um, that's why we do, for the most part, use the Chapter 90 laws in regards to recreational vehicles when they're on a public way. Um, and the same with snowmobiles. I mean, you can have a city ordinance in regards to how far they can and can't operate. You, we have laws that already dictate that as well. You know, for example, there's a CMR, CMR law in regards to not being able to pass within 150 feet of a residence. It's $100 for every house you go by. So if you're driving your snowmobile and you're going down... Uh, some secondary street, say Second Street, you're within 150 feet of both houses on either side. So you just count them off one, two, three, four, and times that by 100. And that's that's what your fine could be ultimately. Um, and you know we've written those fines in the past before, when they stop. <laughs> you know, um, city ordinances are difficult because you know there's not necessarily a lot of teeth behind the city ordinance itself. It's not like a chapter nine. There's not necessarily a fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the appeal process is is. It's confusing, uh, and sometimes it's not followed up on with some of that stuff, which is why you know we use the Chapter 90 stuff in, instead. Uh, but I, I understand what the city council is trying to do, you know, to make it to try to do something, and you know let people know that they're aware of the issues that are going on. But it's it's a it's frustrating for the citizens. It's frustrating for us as police, whether you're talking about snowmobilers or you're talking about ATVs and whatnot. Um, in regards to how do you deter that type of activity? Um, we're not the only community that's faced this issue. Springfield has, Albany has, um, you know, on a much larger scale than we have. I mean, they've had hordes of people on dirt bikes, unregistered dirt bikes, and whatnot, going out as groups, just wrecking havoc throughout the streets. Saw know? a video of that down in New York City. Yeah, it was I mean, uh, it was it was a, a huge um, convoy of of ATVs, motorcycles, 
just mm-hmm. you know ripping down a street in Manhattan. So, and it seems to have kind of upticked here in the last couple of years. No doubt, it absolutely has. Oh. Uh, it, but it, what some communities have tried to do, such as Albany, in regards to try to deter this type of activity, is okay. Well, if we do come up with you and we do get your motorcycle, we're going to impound it, and it's going to cost you an exorbitant amount of money to get that vehicle out of impound. Uh, you know, it seems like it's worked somewhat over there. Uh, it seems like it's gone. I, at least from what I've heard, I haven't heard as much about it um, towards the end of summer as you did towards the beginning of summer. Uh, but again, the issue is, is, is stopping these people and identifying them and then fo- you know, following up with the criminal charges and then having those criminal charges actually prosecuted. That's your deterrent. Right, I mean, it's, it's a three-headed monster. It's the police, it's the district attorney's office, it's the judges. It's it's all three of them working together to deter people from this type of activity. Uh, and I get that motor vehicle types of of, of violations and uh, crimes they're not the crimes of the century. I understand that. Um, so that's sometimes they don't necessarily get the attention or uh, the time that other crimes do get. I know that the courts are backlog- backlogged with many things that they have to do, especially with COVID. You know, they just, they're just, they're trying to get it, you know, on top of things with that. And, but again, if you're going to deter people from doing this type of activity, there has to be some type of um, consequence for for these types of actions. Uh, And it needs to happen. Yeah. So obviously our challenge is, um, you know, as I mentioned, specific to snowmobiles, we don't have snowmobiles to get on the trails and, and, as you, like you said, snowmobiling is kind of a different animal. There's a season to it. it, it it's limited um, based on the amount of snow we have. But the you know the the motorcycles can be close to a year-round thing. Um, you know, four wheelers, eight other ATVs. Um, you know the the newer UTVs. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, you know getting on the the, the trails within the city to um, you know, to enforce that, it's it's not a regular patrol duty. Um, we do have a pursuit policy that, you know, we have to adhere to, and um, you know that uh, that's a, a major consideration in terms of, um, you know, stopping and making contact with these people. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, we we don't put, um, you know, we we do have a couple of dirt bikes. We don't put them on on patrol. Those are you know, specialty vehicles that are, you know, it's a kind of on, a, on an overtime basis based on, you know, funding we may have or grants or whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, we're the manpower issues that, that we have within the department, which we have been, uh, you know, very vocal about and that are pretty well known, um, you know, come into play here where it's not necessarily uh a function where we can get out on on trails and you know be specific to you know ATV type enforcement and the motorcycle thing like you mentioned Sarge that's you know obviously that is something that that traffic and patrol would deal with um but uh you know it sometimes it it, it takes a, a more than um more than just pulling them over and and um you know write them a ticket because there's uh you know they're not they're not always stopping and you know we can kind of get into that in the second half um we have some items to talk about in terms of you know the, the other types of tra- traffic complaints that, that uh, we've been dealing with and in, in you specifically in your unit in the second half of the program here so it's uh we're well over the the halfway point we're going to take a break from the weather and some psas and we will be right back with on patrol for the ppd Berkshire Weather. Here's your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, December 17th. Greetings! Today, mostly sunny and breezy with a high of 46. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 29. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 33 with a wintry mix all day. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! 
Support for WTBR comes from the Funky Phoenix, where they're transforming art and history. Custom woodworking, custom framing, and funky fine art and home decor. For unique and custom holiday gifts, find them online at thefunkyphoenix.com. UCP of Western Massachusetts is hiring experienced, licensed occupational, physical, and speech therapists and direct support professionals. Apply at ucpwma.org jobs. Join the agency that's reimagined independence. Hello, my name is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. As you know, decisions we make every day can affect us for the rest of our lives. What you may not realize is that you are 23% more likely to be involved in a collision while you are texting and driving. That means texting and driving makes you 23 times more likely to cause a crash. Every day in the United States, nine people are killed and more than 1,000 are injured as a result of a crash caused by a distracted driver. Remember, put down the phone and arrive alive. Don't text and drive. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Is your little one safe inside your vehicle? Is the child seat installed properly? Is it the correct seat for your child? Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madeline with the Pittsfield Police Department, reminding you to please keep your children safe. Follow the safety seat manufacturer's recommendations for height and weight, and check NHTSA's website or our Facebook page for recommendations. If you have a question or would like your seat installation checked, please contact our department at 413-448-9700, extension 575. Our officers are certified safety seat installers. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Better weather is around the corner. Expect an increase in the number of pedestrians on walkways, cyclists sharing our roads, and kids playing outside. It is imperative we all pay better attention while driving, walking, running, and cycling. So we need to do our part in keeping everyone safe by adhering to the rules of the road. Wear bright clothing if you are walking or running. If you are driving, please slow down and don't drive while distracted. Pay attention. Let's keep each other safe. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Shire Brewhouse at the Stationery Factory in Dalton, offering music bingo on Tuesdays, trivia on Wednesdays, live comedy or music on Thursdays, and karaoke on Fridays. Find their menu online at shire.beer, located at 19 Flansburg Ave in Dalton. And from Project New Hope, where you can sponsor a military family for the holidays. To sponsor a military family or make a donation, call 413-315-3873 or visit them online at projectnewhopema.org for more details. Welcome back to On Patrol with the PPD. It's uh, Friday, December 17th, 2021. And we are here with G-Money running the board. What's up, sir? What, uh, what's going on in IT gear? Anything you want to talk about? Nope. I didn't think so. <laughs> we are also uh, here with uh, Traffic Sergeant uh, Mark Madalena. In uh, the first half, we were... We had just uh, ended a bit of a conversation about uh, some of the new uh, attention taken to snowmobiles in the city and uh, the city council's vote um, this past week. And it uh, kind of brings up uh, some of the traffic issues that we were dealing with this summer. Sarge, I know we, uh, you and I had talked about it. There were complaints most notably on Dalton Ave um, in, in terms of and mostly n- motorcycles that I'm aware of what uh, how, how did this past summer go because it's you know it usually comes up every summer with, with motorcycles and whatnot and uh, can you just kind of clue us into to what was going on this summer and uh, what uh, traffic and patrol were doing I don't know if this year was really any worse than any other year. Um, as far as the traffic on Dalton Ave, I mean, it's, it's Dalton Ave's, especially <laughs> these last two years, that now that has been paved. Uh, it's basically uh, the drag race. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there were a couple of motorcycles that have been operating. Um, they had louder mufflers than you would want to have on, on that type of street that was causing some issues. Um, you know, we were able to identify a couple of those guys and, and you know, 
stop them and speak to them and, and try to get these things uh, taken care of. Um, it's it's difficult. I mean, it's overwhelming. It's frustrating, especially for us in traffic uh, who want to go out there and want to do this type of activity. I mean, if you ask anybody on the street what their major concerns or issues are with the city of Pittsfield or, or any city or town for that matter, and you're going to find traffic in one of the top three. It's going to be up there with drugs and violence or you know, however, whatever order they put those in. Traffic is going to be there, especially now. I mean, you talk to anyone in the city and, you know, many people are, are kind of confused in regards to some of the direction we may be taking with some of the uh, design that our buddy Ricardo has put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be some, I don't know, resentment may be too strong of a word, but, you know, well, it takes forever to get down North Street now, or I don't understand what's happening on East Street. It's like you have to understand his vision and where he's going with this, and it's not because the attempt is to uh, hold people up, <laughs> but it's to slow traffic down. And I understand it, and I, I go along with what Ricardo's trying to do. Um, it's not about the bike lanes. It's about keeping vehicles in one certain lane so that they don't, they're not speeding. I mean, you know, Dalton had being an issue. North Street was also an issue, especially uh, in the last couple of years when COVID was in effect. And you didn't see necessarily a lot of cars on the road, which opened those roadways up for speeding. Um, so you saw a lot of 40 miles per hour and plus on North Street. Those are deadly speeds. I mean, especially on a place like North Street where you have pedestrian traffic, um, you know, it's the chance of surviving those types of pedestrian crashes are obviously the speed increases that's slimmer and slimmer. And you shouldn't have that type of speed on your downtown area. Um, so what he's done on North Street is, is make it safer. I mean, I, and I can tell you from experience, since that's been in place, we don't get uh, the crashes that we've had on North Street in the past. And again, a majority of them were rear-renders. And if we do get them on North Street, they still are rear-renders from people not paying attention or uh, just not stopping soon enough um, but the number is down and speeding is clearly down on north street um, and you're going to see the same effect on east street i'm sorry on elm street as the construction stops there uh, and, and one of the purposes behind that as well is because obviously there's the, the crosswalk near um, 10 10 elm street there that a lot of the high school kids take uh, when they're coming out of school or going to school and what was happening was those lanes were so wide they weren't marked as two lanes, but they were single lanes, but they were so wide, people were taking advantage of the fact, and you had a car that would stop for pedestrian, and then you'd have a car on the left that would pass that stopped vehicle and, you know, narrowly miss a pedestrian or hit that one. And that was some of the problems on North Street as well. There's cars that were stopping for pedestrians, but the cars on the other on the other side of them weren't. Yeah, and they, they don't know why they're stopped depending on the size of the vehicle. They don't see the pedestrian on the other side of the, the right. car that they're stopped for, and, you know, they, they just kind of ignore the fact that, you know, why is this car stopped? I'm just going to keep going, right. and there, then there's a problem. Yep. As much as we'd love, to, as a police department, as a traffic unit, to get out there and set up shop and run radar and attempt to deter violations as much as we can, we're all smart enough to know that that's not just not going to be the case. We can't be everywhere. Um, one of the things that can be there all the time is the redesign that's taking place. Um, if you were able to put in some of these bump-outs that Ricardo does, and that kind of chokes the road and makes it a little bit more narrower, that does impede uh, peace people from speeding. It, it, you have to slow down when you're coming to an air, a point where the, where the road narrows, especially if there's a car coming the opposite direction. So there is a purpose behind what's being done. Um, there may be a lack of understanding, um, but in the, in the long run, that's, that's what all the changes are for. It's just to make the city of Pittsfield safer and more friendly to everybody, pedestrian, cycling, and motor vehicle traffic in the end. Um, it, you know, and it, that's the direction that not just our city is taking, but majority are taking as well. Because again, you, you can't expect the police to be out there everywhere. Uh, in the summertime and the springtime, it's it's overwhelming. It's frustrating as a as a traffic officer to get all the phone calls. Like they're speeding on this street, they're speeding on this street, they're speeding on this street. It's like they're speeding everywhere. I understand. You know, um, we try to be a presence on those roads where it's most prevalent like a Dalton Ave, like a William Street, like a Holmes Road, uh, Fort Hill Ave, West Street. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But, you know, the theme being is the major arteries that run through and out of the city. That's where we want to be. That's where the speeds are the highest. That's where if there's going to be a crash, there's going to be a significant crash, and there's going to be injury, if not uh, a fatality. Um, and what we try to do with these secondary and tertiary roadways is if there's an issue, then if it's, a, if it's the same vehicle, on your street, then tell us what, what car it is. Try and get a plate, try and get a description, 
if you're driving up and down your street and you see the car parked at 80 John Street or wherever it's going to be, then tell us that, and we can go have a conversation with an individual. But a lot of times the speeding that you see, especially on these secondary and tertiary roadways, it's not malicious. It's people that are just driving home trying to get, you know, to work or, or, or from work or what have you, and they're just, their mind is somewhere else, and they're not paying attention to what they're doing, and they just want to get to where they're going to be. And sometimes they just need a conversation just to be reminded, hey, you know, not for nothing, but there are people paying attention. They are, they do notice that, you know, you might be going a little over speed limit here and just out of cur courtesy for your fellow neighbors and would you mind just paying more time? And usually it goes over just fine. No issues, whatever. Yep. And, you know, it's some, that's one way we can take care of those smaller issues. You know, for me to sit there and put one of the officers on one of these roadways, it's just not efficient and it, it just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're, they're going to be better served on a Dalton Ave where um, it's you're going to stop, geez, four or five, six cars an hour, as opposed to some secondary third tertiary roadway where you may stop one or two cars every three or four hours that are actually speeding. Um, you know, and we've shown that as well. We've done, we have what's called a speed spy. We put the speed spy up, and it's just an unassuming gray box, and it sits on a telephone pole, and it basically doesn't video record, but it records data in regards to how fast the cars are going, when they do pass by this box, uh, the time of day, um, and then once we leave it, let it sit there for three or four days, and then we compile all that information, I'll get a report out of it, and then it'll say, yeah, this roadway does have a speed problem, or this roadway does not have a speed problem. Um, and if it does have a speed problem, we'll try to find the time zone, which normally it's, you know, it's between 7 and 8 in the morning and 4 and 5 o'clock in the afternoon during those high-volume times when people were trying to get back and forth to work. Um, and if, the, if it's, that's the issue, then we'll, you know, it's more efficient for us to say, okay, we'll take an officer, we'll put him out there at that particular point in time, or let the beat officer know, hey, in between calls, if you can, can you be a presence and a deterrent uh, on this particular roadway to try and slow down some traffic? Um, and that's kind of how we utilize that type of, uh, of tools. We also have, we've gotten, geez, five speed signs plus two trailer signs now that show speed. Um, we'll try to utilize those as well on these secondary and tertiary roadways um, to just, again, let people know how fast they're going. Um, so if they see it, they'll, they'll be cognizant of it and slow down. Uh, but those are the types of things that we try to do to answer some of these calls for help on these roads. Um, I would love for every street in Pittsfield to be like Route 20 in Nassau, where people know if you go over 35, you're probably going to get a ticket. I, I would love for that to be the case. How, how have they um, done that over <laughs> the, the well, length of time it, that I they know. have? It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you, I don't think the enforcement is down there is, is anywhere near as what it used to be, but it, the stigma it, has just stuck. I think, yeah, right. I, th I think it's probably 25 years old, and it has just <laughs> stuck, yeah. and, and like you said, and, and they really, whatever they did, mm -hmm. it... it Years ago, it's it, it in people's brains. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it's for our generation anyway. I don't know what our, for our kids can go flying through there or not, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know, like I said, I would love for Pittsburgh to be like that. Um, but I mean, that, that kind of rolls into what I want to talk about today is you know, as you mentioned with the staffing and whatnot, that our traffic officers are back, they're part of patrol, so they answer re regular calls for uh, routine calls for service. Um, in between those calls, which is isn't a lot, uh, they attempt to go out there and do some traffic enforcement. Um, so a lot of our enforcement kind of comes from overtime and grant money. Uh, so every year we apply for, and fortunately up to this point have been granted grant money. This year we got close to $34,000 for um, traffic enforcement. And the way that works is, you know, it's the, uh, the, make sure I get this right, it's a municipal road safety grant, and it comes from the Massachusetts uh, I had it written down. The Massachusetts Executive Office of Public Safety and Security. They're the ones that we apply to. EOPS, and, right? EOPS, yes. Yeah. They're the ones that we apply to and uh, are awarded the grant from. Um, but there are certain attachments, there are certain uh, rules, I guess, that you have to abide by when you do this grant. There are goals that you set when you do the grant. You know, you want to reduce speeding. You want to reduce accidents in a certain area of the city so that when you actually go out and you enforce... Um, the speed limit or whatever the mobilization may be on this grant, there are certain areas that you have to adhere to and you have to stick to within the city to meet those goals and objectives that you put forth in the grant. Some of those roadways are Dalton Ave, it's South Street, it's North Street, it's East Street. It's, again, the high volume areas where the accidents are more prevalent. So we kind of have to stick to those types of roadways when we're doing this type of grant. Um, 
Right now, the first mobilization has already taken place. It's from December 1st to December 31st. Uh, it's a winter impaired driving, so we're out there looking for impaired operators. Uh, and again, it runs through the 31st. Um, and you know, the good thing for patrol is that we have extra units out there to assist, uh, primarily to concentrate on traffic enforcement. Unfortunately, at times they are used to, to assist patrol when things get crazy, such as what happened Friday night. Um, but that's where we are right now in regards to trying to utilize our officers to enforce traffic. Um, it did be, you know, when you talked about Dalton Ave, and it, it be, we went in front of the Public Health Commission um, to try to address some of the issues on, on Dalton Ave. It's, it's, you know, it's gotten to that point, you know, where it's, it's when your residents feel as though it's a health it's a health uh, issue, and I, I get it. I mean, it's you know when you're listening to those motorcycles at night or the or speeding cars, and you live on Dalton Avenue, and it's waking you up at three o'clock in the morning, or if you're on North Street and you're hearing those 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 vehicles uh, accelerate, I, I get it. It can wake up out of a dead sleep. I used to live off of Dalton Ave. I remember those days. Trust mm -hmm. me. My backyard is Holmes Road. I still I still live those days. Um, as much as again, I would love to sit there and put an officer there 24 hours a day, seven days a week on Dalton Ave. It's not fair. To the rest of the community there there's there are plenty of roadways that need our attention go ahead william street and i keep coming back to Street, but that's a huge road for for runners and cyclists and walkers and there's no sidewalks on that road now they're walking on the side of the street right um, and it's a very long road kind of like outer west street and again it's not i'm not saying people are operating maliciously that it's just such a long road and they're just trying to get to where they're going and it's just next thing you know you're doing 50 some miles an hour in a 35 mile per hour zone and it's just you know and we're not out there issuing fine citations necessarily as, as much as we're out there just reminding people giving written warnings and saying just hey just be conscious in the fact of how fast you're going and what what else is out here on the road and we're trying to keep it safe for everybody and that you normally goes a long way i mean there are some times around dalton ave or, or one of these other streets where you get an egregious violation where someone is doing 70 80 miles per hour i'm sorry that's not a written warning <laughs> <laughs> you know, i mean you know that's going to be a fine um yeah. you know, there, there needs to be a consequence for that for that action and quite frankly, you're lucky if it is just a fine and not a criminal charge for op operating uh, negligently. Um, but, you know, it's it's not when people hear about traffic and what we're trying to do out there and, oh, it's a revenue for this. It's not. It's not a revenue generating type of activity for the city. That, that's not what it was ever about. Um, you know, even when Mayor Tyre, this is one of the things that she ran on when she first ran for, for mayor. She wanted to implement this and bring this, this back, uh, the traffic unit. And again, it, it was just about trying to make the city safer for everybody involved. That, that's, that's what it's, it's always has been about. That's been the bottom line. And it's through education. It's just simply through conversation. Um, so that's what we've we'll been trying to do. Um, again, the first mobilization is going on right now. There are five additional mobilizations that will happen throughout the year uh, at different months. There's, there's one in the springtime. Um, there'll be a click it or ticket. That'll be for seatbelt violations. There is a distracted driving. Uh, that will be for... Uh, in particular, handheld devices such as cell phones and whatnot that we'll be concentrating on that. And then there's there's two speed mobilizations as well that will be happening during the summertime. And between that, as part of this grant, we also got money for pedestrian safety as well. So we'll be back out there uh, enforcing the crosswalk violations as well throughout the summertime. Uh, so we got money for that too. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we use Gary to cross the street for us. Uh, you know, and... People get upset about that to us and Trapman. Well, not really. It doesn't matter who's in that crosswalk. You're supposed to stop for them. Right. So it's, you know. And again, that's not, we're not out there writing fines for that either. It's just, it, when we find these crosswalks that are an issue within the city, like on West Teutonic Street, Outer North Street, uh, Tyler Street, you know, we'll try to focus on those on those uh, crosswalks. And again, it's a reminder to let the people know. Just be conscious of the fact that if there's someone's in the crosswalk and they're attempting to cross the street, you have to stop. Um, so that's that educational part of it. Uh, there is educational money that comes with this grant as well, uh, and I utilize Officer Darren Derby for that type of stuff. It, and what I ask him to do is basically get into the schools and talk to the kids about pedestrian and bicycle safety for them. Um, we'll get him some some gadgets and some toys and stuff to hand out um, to the kids when he does his, does his, uh, his assemblies and whatnot. Um, but that's where we're at. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, I wish, and we're going to keep trying, we're going to continue to do our due diligence within the city to, to try and make it, as safe as we possibly can um, but just know that you know if the complaints come in we hear them we recognize them and, and we do the best we can to to uh to pay attention to them um you know i've talked to many people just to try to explain to them where what we do and where we're at and, and how we can maybe help to assist them um and obviously that goes a long way 
but we're going to be out there. We're going to keep doing what we do and, 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 and do the best we can to assist Ricardo and, 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 and the vision that we all have, which is just keeping Pittsfield safe ultimately. Um, but, you know, we all know that police officers is, is the second best deterrent in regards to uh, speeding and, and motor vehicle violations. Do you know what the first is? I'm going to let you say it. It's clearly having your wife or your girlfriend in the car with you. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. How about your mother-in-law? <laughs> or your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, we're doing the best we can. Um, again, if you have any issues or complaints, my phone number is 413-448-9700, extension 575. That is the traffic unit phone number. Uh, feel free to give us a call, and we can have a conversation just like we had with some people on Dalton Ave this, this year and, and see if we can't come up with a plan to, to help you out. Or at the very least, maybe we can show you that there's not an issue. I mean, we've done it before, too. We get that speed spy out there, and we put it up, and, and we look at the data, and we're like, you know what? Actually, what, you know, you're seeing vehicles go by your street at 30, 35 miles per hour. Your speed limit is 35 miles per hour. But when you're out there in the spring and summertime, and you're out there actually watching the cars, it appears as though that they're going much faster than what they really are. Because, um, yeah, we don't necessarily get the complaints in the winter and, and, and fall because people aren't outside watching the cars go by. All right. Uh, so, you know. It's helpful in that respect too. So you know, you you actually live on one of the luckier streets in the city. <laughs> you know, your your speed isn't that bad. Your your 85th percentile is actually right where it's supposed to be, uh, which is what the state uses when they change the speed limit. You know, and some you know sometimes I'll even talk to people like you know your 85th percentile and for your street is 40 miles per hour. Uh, you're posted at 35. You, you probably don't want to get a speed study here through the state because they're going to increase it at five miles per hour. Right. That's that's how the state. Gotcha. Um, basically uh, dictates what the speed limit is for certain streets when they do do a speed study. Um, so, I mean, you know, again, everything, like everything else within the city, within the uh, police department, it's, it's, it's hard work, uh, it's frustrating work, but it's a work in progress, and, and we're continuing to be dedicated and, and do the best we can. So, so I, I just want to uh, reiterate that you provided your, uh, the phone number and your extension for complaints, uh, and I say that just to you know, attempt to divert some of the complaints that may come into dispatch. Um, you know, dispatch, uh, they're best utilized when, um, you know, there's an active situation. So, you know, somebody's speeding up and down your road repeatedly, you know, they're turning around and there's an active problem. Uh, yes, please call dispatch. But if, if there's a, um, you know, you have a speed, compl a complaint about speed, you know, it's, it's not happening right now. Um, you know, maybe it happened once, maybe it happened five times, maybe you have, uh, you have know, identified a vehicle, maybe you haven't, but it's not happening right now. And you just want to talk to somebody about, um, you know, your complaint and what can be done. Uh, please call that number that Sergeant Madalena provided. So. And don't be afraid to talk to your neighbors. You know, yeah. We get a lot of complaints with people. Oh, I have a neighbor who's doing this, who's doing that. Well, you know, in this, what we talked about before when we started off the show, in this social media world that we now live in, people don't want to communicate anymore. Yeah. So, you know, have a conversation. Have a conversation. Yeah. And you'd be, you'd be surprised how far they'll actually go. Hey, I didn't realize it. No problem. Thank you very much. As opposed to having a uniformed officer knock on their door, which sometimes doesn't go over quite as well. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are just about out of time. Um, I did want to just kind of ask in, in the last minute we have here, uh, and it's appropriate from, you know, since Gary's here, you guys actually work together quite a bit with the tech you use for traffic. Mm -hmm. Seems like, you know, on occasion you show up with a new Pelican case and then uh, you call Gary to, you know, and you guys work together to get that, that going. Any, um, anything new and exciting that, uh, you know, viewers and listeners may be interested to hear about in the last minute here? Well, I'm not going to bore them with our reconstruction equipment that we got. Um, you kind of have to see that to, to understand that. I mean, it's, it's equipment that we utilize at, in fatals and serious injury accidents to, to help us uh, basically re-enact re, re, re or reinvent the scene down the road. Uh, we, we're hoping to do at some point, Gary, you know, is, is maybe uh, get going with the drone stuff. I mean, you know, I think we're behind the times in regards to the drone and, and what the drone can do for police departments is yeah. and to assist in investigations and not to spy on people, which everyone gets scared when they hear drone. It has nothing to do with anything, but it's to assist officers in investigations and in, um, you know, crisis type of, of situations. And they can be extremely useful. Um, so that's kind of what we're, direction we're going in next, hopefully. Yep. We kind of started the show off talking about some of the negatives of, 
um, technology. And, and But one of the benefits of technology, at least for us, is especially in a time where we're short people, um, we can utilize technology as a force multiplier. So um, traffic is just another area um, where we do that. So thanks, Sarge, for coming on. Thanks Appreciate it. Me. And uh, Gary, great job running the board. Thanks. Welcome back. <laughs> you are listening to uh, On Patrol of the PPD. We're going to sign off for the weekend. We'll be back in three weeks. Um, the uh, next two weeks are holidays, so we are going to enjoy some time with our, our families, and uh, we'll be back at, at it on, I believe it's January 7th. Um, this is the first or second Friday in, uh, in January, or first Friday in January. Um, until then, uh, be well, be safe, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to On Patrol, the PPD, on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio.